Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time for the opening, the, the opening drive. All right, Dan, so you mentioned the big news, I think, which is interesting. Week 7 uh, for the Bears, Monday Night Football, they get a little extra time to recover. Injury list is clean. That's a rarity in the NFL. So we heard from Matt Eberflus. We heard from Justin Fields. We heard about a meeting they had, which isn't that uh, – it's not out of the ordinary. Right. Quarterbacks and head coaches meet all the time. But I think it was interesting when Matt Eberflus was asked to evaluate Justin Fields at this stage of the season. He looked at it more collectively than individually. I think they're going to do that all they can – in order to protect or insulate Justin Fields from any criticism and, and continue to try to put him, despite what the outside people think, despite what the roster looks like, try to put Justin Fields in the best possible position to succeed physically on the field and also you know, that, that goes in the, in the public sphere. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I was a little bit bothered that when Matt Eberflus was just pressed for sort of a specific and direct evaluation of his starting quarterback, that he was extremely reluctant to do it. It's unusual, in my opinion, that the head coach would be so reluctant to offer any sort of review of his starting quarterback. There's a bigger topic that we have to get into, which is that you know behind the scenes meeting that they had trying to get Justin in the proper headspace to approach the the next stretch here which is the start of an 11 game finishing stretch to the season but I, I don't know how you felt about that about Matt's overall reluctance to to even give you anything a shred of insight into how he's evaluating his, his QB1 well I don't want to be a hypocrite and I don't want to be inconsistent here but but I have to say this I think in the context of this larger discussion I understand why he would take that approach and I think it's partly our fault if you will and I think fault is probably too strong I don't think there's a lot of responsible discussion about Justin Fields's progress right. in Chicago and I think that to, to to believe that these coaches don't notice that and that these players don't uh, understand or, or right. respond to that is naive so what Matt Eberflus is doing what Matt Getze did last month Earlier this month, whenever that was, I think their their try their attempt to put a rosy uh, outlook or, or paint a rosier picture than might be reality might uh, suggest is because they don't trust the people talking about the quarterback position and evaluating the progress. So if they say the slightest thing that could be interpreted or, or perceived as criticism, they understand how that would be amplified 
in the world of social media and in the world of you know media discussion. So I get that they are trying to be consistent in creating this positive uh, surroundings and to insulate them with praise more than anything else. It's a fair point. It's a fair point. And, and I would just say that the Take the North podcast is so responsible that we deserve the answers, even if they just want to give it to us exclusively. Just send send us a, a, a PDF of your evaluation of Justin Fields and we'll be responsible in framing the discussion the way it needs to be framed. Right. Like, I think we've heard and that. that. That's, that's why I even hesitate to like go to, to say that, because I, I look, I, I'm on the air. Every day, 5.30 to 10 o'clock on the Mullenhaw Show. And and I will have my moments. I'm not saying that. And we have our moments where you, you do kind of get a little carried away and you're pointing a finger here or there. You have a, a bit of information and you're making it into a bigger deal. I get that. That's part, of, that's part of being in a passionate sports market. But if I were on the other side of this, and if I were the head coach of the Chicago Bears and I were asked to evaluate, and I was given this, you know, this inside pitch I would get out of the way you know and I I wouldn't even I I, I would not even touch it because I think that it it would have been something that no matter what he said in terms of being critical in terms of being maybe honest and candid it's not his personality and I could see him based on who he is saying not worth it what I do think is notable, David, is was the demeanor of Justin Fields after Thursday night's game where he came to his postgame press conference um, looking so down. Right. And not only looking so down, but expressing some sentiments about about this this concept of being told that they're close or that he's close and that, that he's tired of being told they're close when they're not. And you and I, I think, are in very, very firm agreement that. The Chicago Bears aren't close. They're not close to being a meaningful contender in this football league. Justin Fields isn't close to being an undeniable long-term answer for the Bears at the at the starting quarterback position. And so my question is, do they have the stamina? Do they have the willpower? Do they have the collective sort of unity and resolve to continue down a journey that isn't anywhere close, right? There's a long way to go for them to reach either of those mentioned. All right, this is where I would say that I understand where Matt Eberflus is coming from. Uh, I think that after hearing what Justin Fields had to say after the game, he doesn't want to hear that they're close. Nobody's telling him that except for the head coach or the assistants or the offensive coordinator or whoever. And so maybe if I'm the head coach and I see the frustration building in my quarterback and I look at specifically what he's saying, I do want to clarify. I want to have a meeting that makes it clear that, okay, Hey, you talking about me? <laughs> I mean, who else is telling you that you're close if if in fact that you know you're you're rejecting that premise, then we need to have a conversation because that's what I believe, that's what I see and that's the message I want sent. Not only do I want that message sent publicly, I want that message to permeate throughout the locker room because I'm a new head coach. This is my program and we're trying to create a culture here. And the culture of uh, and the identity is of one of resilience and resolve. And you don't get that by believing any other thing except for you're making progress every week. Now, you can within that within that framework, you can hold people accountable and you can still coach tough. But I do think that you want to have the overriding message that we are making progress. Even if we lose 12 to 7, even if we drop a punt, even if we make mistakes, we're getting closer because we believe we're headed in the right direction. Because you know what? You can't walk into Hallis Hall as a, as a player, as a coach, as an employee, and have any other mindset, any other mindset. So I get why if I'm at Eberflus, I would want to have a word with my quarterback. 
Well, and this is another example of Justin being young and inexperienced. And we've talked about the responsibilities of that QB1 role, right? There is a lot that comes with this, right? And, and the foremost responsibility is to make plays on game nights that lead to victories. But the other part is to be a, a leader. You're a team captain and you're uh, a, a hub of energy. You're the source that guys go to to fuel. And if you're projecting an image of, oh, I'm exhausted and I'm tired of being told this and I just don't know if right. I'm – you know, it, it, it rubs off on the group, right? And I think part of Matt Eberflus's message was, man, like you got to understand when you convey those messages to teammates privately, when you convey those messages to uh, the media and the fans publicly, it sets a tone. Like you are the tone setter here. And I, I know losing sucks and I know you hate losing and you've never lost this way in your life, but you've got you've to bring a presence every day to your point that, that lets other people around you know, we're rolling, right? And and we're getting right back to this and it's next play and it's next game and it's next practice and let, let's go because we don't have time to waste because of all the ground we've got to make up. And I also think that you have to be careful that it's not just Justin Fields, which is I think what your exchange with Jalen Johnson was interesting and what he had to say also resonates because he's a leader on that defense. He's a young player who's going to be part of the solution and he's not part of the problem. So I'll let you take it from there because I think his response was also telling. Yeah. So let's set that up a little bit because look like this is a, a period that I think we think is a pivotal point in the bear season. It's a pivotal point in the, the Matty Berflus culture building process. Right. And it's about how do you keep a team's concentration? How do you keep their attention when the natural, uh, human instinct is to let some of your concentration and focus and investment recede because you go, ah, ah, you know, and, and you start to get frustrated and that builds up just for some context last year, 2021, the bears went 46 days between victories at one point, the year before that 2020, they went 49 days between victories at one point, 2019, the bears glorious 100th season, the bears went 42 days between victories at one point. And so this is now a trend, David, on your your Bears growth curve where they have gone three consecutive seasons of at least 40 days between victories. Right now, they will go into New England on Monday night and be at least 29 days removed from their victory over the Texans. And if they lose that, then we go into, you know, 35 days the next week against the Cowboys. And beyond that, we go and we go and we go. And so you feel the weight of that, right? Each one of those losses brings more weight and more weight and more weight that you're trying to shed. So what I asked Justin uh, Jalen Johnson of on, on Tuesday afternoon was how does a team guard against that mental fatigue? How do they go about sort of getting reset and reloaded at a time when, when the natural instinct is to be like, ah, this is getting really frustrating. Here was his response. I mean, hopefully there's no fatigue when we're losing. I, mean, I feel like everybody should have, if anything, more energy to stop, to stop the bleeding. Um, and I feel like that's kind of like where we're at right now. Um, just trying to, trying to stop the bleeding, trying to figure it out. And I mean, of course, we've all heard that we're moving in the right direction, but we had to find a way to really stop the bleeding. And I feel like that just starts with each individual person. Um, so, I mean, I feel like there, there shouldn't be a shortage, a shortage of energy. Um, I feel like, if anything, we need to have more energy. We need to find a way to, to spark this team, spark, um, just find a way to win. I feel like at the end of the day, that's what it's about right now. So, David, I'm looking for guys like that, right? I'm looking for guys who are saying, let's get a spark going. I'm looking for guys who are, are, are ready to, to light the match and say, follow me. The Bears need to be looking for those guys. They need to identify six to eight to ten of them to really get this thing rolling. And so I was, I was refreshed to hear Jalen's approach to that, uh, and now it's all about applying that approach. I'm looking for someone – with a tourniquet. I mean, stop bleeding. <laughs> I, th this is a really a difficult thing. Dan, 
we talked uh, uh, on the afternoon show and, and, and on the morning show as well. The Bears are three games into what could be a six-game losing streak, and that would be 49 days between victories again this year. So I think that his intentions are good, and the mindset is exactly what you want to be and have to take. Um, but, boy, I, I would challenge the premise just generally speaking. I think it's easier to have – energy and enthusiasm and to approach your job and attack things daily when you're having success. It's, yeah. Then, you know, what a great problem it would have to, would have at Hallis Hall. How do you handle complacency? You know, that's a question that seldom <laughs> asked in the last decade at Hallis Hall because they haven't been able to do that because they always find themselves stuck in these long protracted losing streaks, building character and, and establishing resolve right now the next game on the schedule that looks winnable, Detroit Lions, November 13th. That would be the 49th day. They have had one day, I think, this season that they felt celebratory, and that was right after they beat the 49ers in the opener. Slip and slide, baby. That was it. And then they even the Texans' victory, if you remember the day after, it felt like a loss to a lot of people because Fields didn't play that well. And they so, needed a walk-off field goal to beat one of the worst teams in the NFL at home, right? Yeah, <laughs> and so I, I think that it's been a it's been a slog of a start for the Matt Eberflus era. There have been some uh, consistent points, there have been some high points, but there have been a lot of lows, and it's going to be a test of their fortitude to get through them. Th th there's headspace issues here, right? And I think you'd agree with that 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 it's now up to Matt and the leaders on this football team to get this team back into the proper headspace. And it's not easy to do. I did want to bring this up because the short week last week prevented us from really diving into this. But you, uh, your wife is a yoga instructor. My wife is a yoga instructor. Justin Fields found the, the power of breath. And we never really talked about <laughs> what that storyline became and the mushrooming for a couple days, this idea that, that the power of yoga and the power of yoga breath allowed Justin to have this heroic half in Minnesota that was going to lead him to a springboard of victory. And now uh, it's just, I think it ties into this conversation about headspace. And I was just wanting to get some of your take on that. Well, to be perfectly honest, you're right. I mean, I have a lot of respect for yoga and, and how it does. It's a lifestyle, frankly. And, and I think that what I uh, predicted would happen, happened. Unfortunately, he, he voiced it. Um, he talked about it. It was exaggerated how much he, and then it was, it was almost mocked when they showed him on the sidelines, breathing and trying to do the things that a young athlete talked about, helped him and made him better and helped him, you know, achieve success and all the things that really, frankly, you want a young guy to do. I mean, this is, there's nothing wrong with it. And it was mocked by a lot of people in a lot of different circles, whether social media or mainstream. And I think that to me was predictable and unfortunate. Um, I do think that we have here the bigger picture, uh, a quarterback who is struggling with how to, how to, how to manage his anxiety. I right. think you even heard it on Wednesday or Thursday at Howells Hall again, yep. just about, well, geez, coaches, when this happens to me next time, I want you to tell me when the game's getting too fast, if you're noticing that, you know what, you never will hear him talk about that when he's in the league for five to seven to 10 years, if he's able to be in the league for five to seven to 10 years. These are the signs and these are the telltale signs of a young quarterback who is not as confident as he appears and not as certain as he seems or should be or needs to be. So it all starts with the 
deep breathing, deep breathing and namaste. And we could all do downward facing dog until we pull a hamstring. But, you know, <laughs> I think it goes beyond that because I think it speaks to his overall issues in struggling to manage his anxiety. Well, I appreciate you bringing up that exchange from from Thursday afternoon because we were talking a lot about Justin's pocket presence. And in his own words, the words he used on Thursday was antsy. Right. And that he is occasionally antsy in the pocket because he doesn't trust what is going to come on a specific play because of what has happened on previous plays. And when that jitteriness and that, by his own word, antsy feeling creeps in, it is a slippery slope for a quarterback. It's a particularly slippery slope for a young quarterback who has very little uh, proven success to fall back on. And so this is a danger zone, right? And this is why I bring up the yoga and it's why I bring up the headspace because this is all about Justin getting himself in a place where he can trust, where he can be calm, where he can be less antsy, where he can understand that regardless of how many times I've, I've had a scramble out of this pocket, regardless of how many times I've been hit, I've got to figure out a way to stay in here and be calm and composed and slide to my right or climb forward or do whatever it takes to let this play work the way it's supposed to work. And if you're not capable of getting there, well, now steps B, C, D, E, F, G, go through the rest of the alphabet aren't even possible in your passing game. And that's a big, big problem for this Bears offense that worth that is worth keeping an eye on. Yeah, and that shows you how far he has to go before we get to the point where we're talking about, you know, completing passes downfield, moving the chains. I mean, this is such a this is such a, a long process. And I thought we might be further along six games into it uh, than we are. Doesn't mean he can't get to the end. It doesn't mean they have to draw a conclusion. It just means that there's still a long way to go when it comes to evaluating Justin Fields and in terms of he get him getting to the place where he wants to be and he's holding himself to that standard. So we should be just as tough on them. No question. Yeah. So let's see where it goes, right? I mean, you can't ask for a better measuring stick than primetime Monday night football, Foxborough, Bill Belichick on the other sideline trying to fluster you. Let's see. Let's see what you got, kid.